You're listening to RE Snapshots, where each fortnight we chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. For Ari Snapshots this week, we're chatting with Ari researcher, Dr. Danica Goggin, and it's all about her new paper, which is entitled 2,4-D and Dicamba Resistance Mechanisms in Wild Radish, Subtle, Complex and Population Specific. How are you going, Danica? Good. Firstly, can you give me some background on 2,4-D resistance? As not too long ago, there was research which demonstrated how synthetic oxen herbicides like 2,4-D actually work. Yes, well, 2,4-D is one of the oldest herbicides and for the first 50 years or so, no one really knew how it worked. But in the sort of early to mid-2000s, researchers around the world discovered the receptors for auxin, which is what 2,4-D mimics. And so that opened up like a target site for auxin herbicides, which no one had known before. And so up until recently people have been concentrating on non-target site mechanisms of resistance to 2,4-D and other orcs and herbicides like reduced translocation, metabolism, reduced uptake. But now there's a target site that everyone's getting excited about, so that's what a lot of the research will be focusing on. Very cool. (laughs) So for those who might not be familiar, you've done work on how wild radish survives herbicide application before, and people can read 2,4-D gridlock, RE Insight, if they're into getting some more details on that. It's on on the RE website. But can you refresh our memories on what you found in that 2016 study? Well, I worked with one susceptible population and two resistant populations and um, I wanted to see if there was any differences in how they took up 2,4-D through the leaves or transported it around the plant. And so the classical method for looking at that is to put a radioactive version of your herbicide on one leaf and then track where it goes and what I found when I did this is that the susceptible plant moved the 2,4-D throughout its whole body whereas the resistant plants just kept it right where I'd put it on the treated leaf so that was what we thought a clear-cut indication that the resistance mechanism was that the resistant plants didn't move 2,4-D to their growing points. But it wasn't that easy, was it? (laughs) (laughs) No, so um, we wanted to see if this is what all the 2,4-D-resistant populations did. So I got another nine resistant populations from Michelle Owen's 2010 survey and another susceptible control. So we had 13 altogether and I did the same experiments. And dismayingly, as the sort of scan came through of the plants, some of the most resistant ones had 2,4-D spread throughout their whole bodies, just like the susceptible plants did. And there was no relationship between how resistant the population was and how much it moved the 2,4-D. How frustrating. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that would have been a frustrating (laughs) result. So in this study, you found that the reason wild radish survives is much more complicated, as we alluded to just then, than you originally thought. So what did you end up finding? Well, 
no whiz bang conclusions I'm afraid but we found that if you grow the plants on different kinds of auxin like 2,4-D dicamba, natural auxin and another synthetic they all respond differently so some were resistant to two or three of those auxins some were just 2,4-D and they had different levels of resistance as well so that sort of indicates that they have different resistance mechanisms in terms of how they actually see the auxin in their cells and then how they respond to it. So it's possible that each population has a slightly different mechanism. Which is a bit scary, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to pin down a one-size-fits-all solution to that yeah, sort of problem. Yeah, definitely. So, Danica, in your study, did you look at any other aspects other than the movement of the herbicide through the plant? Yes, we looked at whether they metabolise the 2,4-D and none of them do, really. So that wasn't a mechanism. And we did a gene expression study on one population and well, one resistant one susceptible to compare because you can't do a, one of those studies on all the populations because it costs too much. But we found that the resistant population was much more prepared for 2,4-D in terms of its defense mechanisms at the cell membrane. So now that we know that, we can look at the other populations and target what's going on at the cell membrane. So Not all is lost. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of answers the question of where your research will go next, but can you give us a little bit more specifics on what you'll be focusing on? Well, there's looking at the defence mechanisms at the cell membrane, and we've just done a proteomics study which kind of backs up the gene expression study, which is always good. So we have some targets there to look at, and we're, if we get our next project funded, we're also going to see if there's any fancy chemicals that can synergize with 2,4-D and help the herbicide kill off the resistant plants. Okay, well, that's so. exciting to hear. <laughs> yeah, and so in the meantime, though, in practical terms, what does th these findings mean for weed control of wild radish? I guess it means... Diversity, as the um, legendary Steve Powell's always says. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so don't rely on 2,4-D. And I've heard that velocity is still working, so that's good, but, you know, don't rely don't on that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a few non-chemical control methods tossed into the mix would be good, I yes, guess. Yes, so, definitely. Yeah. Well, we'll be keeping an eye and updating everyone on your research as it comes through. Thanks so much for giving us an update, though. No worries. No worries.